92.7 ESPN Studios in Austin, Texas. This is The Jeff Ward Show. Hey, welcome to our little show. Here's the way it works. I riff on stuff and you respond. The phone numbers, you'll need them. 512-834-1027. It's 512-834-1027. You can follow me on Twitter or X or whatever we call it this week. I'm at Jeff Ward Show. If you want to post comments on Twitter or X or whatever we're calling it this week, do so. Just don't suck. Get straight to the point. Make the show better. Bring your A game. That's at Jeff Ward Show. Uh, check out the podcast. Subscribe to it. We drop a podcast every single afternoon. The Jeff Ward Show podcast is available wherever you download your podcast. Check it out. Same with the YouTube channel as well. We drop that each afternoon. That's the Jeff Ward Show on YouTube. So on most Mondays, I do this thing, overreaction versus reality. And certainly this weekend, there are reactions and overreactions all over the place. Not always wrong, but there are reactions and there are certainly overreactions. So it is the overreactions and then we try to have a dose of my own reality. So here we go. There's a lot in these. Overreaction. The college football playoff committee got it right. Reality. No, it didn't. It didn't. I'm sick of hearing it. But no, it didn't. And it didn't get the silly four-team playoff that's called a playoff, but it's not really a playoff. It didn't get it right because there is no such thing as right. It's impossible. The exercise, the discussion, everything about it is not possible. It's not set up to do anything right. I'd like to say there was no wrong, um, but that's not true either. So, no, there is no, there, there is no right here. There's really not. There's a bunch of opinions, and that's kind of making my face hurt, but there's no right answer here. Um, you know what? I... I'm putting the words and the term college football playoff in the same category now as being sick of talking about COVID. Like, I don't want to say college football playoff ever again, just like I never want to say social distancing again. The whole thing is just tiresome and dumb. Sick of it already. It's not fun. It wasn't even fun in the beginning. It's really not fun now. So for the people that say, well, they got it right. What are the options? Um, I'm going to say back, please shut your face. All right, here we go. Um, it's impossible to set this up at all. That is a playoff committee that's going to pick, with their opinions only, four teams for, quote, a college football championship. But it is really impossible when the setup is 13 bureaucrats whose only mission was to give the network in bed with the fake playoff, that's ESPN, the best numbers, the best audience it can. Now, let's be clear about what I'm saying. I think their definition really is and was. And if you want to take the position that that's not such a bad thing, then, then say it. But please stop pretending that this is some objective way of defining the best teams in the college game. There is no such thing here. That's off the table. That doesn't exist. It never has. So this group of stiffs gets together 
And I believe the goal was to not repeat a TCU of a year ago and make sure that you give the network that has this playoff, this fake playoff, not a real playoff, that has it, you give them the best numbers and the best show you can. Okay? Uh, And that means the criteria used here, from what I can tell, is to avoid a repeat of the TCU beatdown a year ago, which wasn't a problem just because TCU got their face kicked in in the championship. They got their face kicked in in the championship, and their name is TCU. Famous teams, big ratings, give ESPN what they want. I believe that's what these 13 bureaucrats were set out to do. I don't know that they can articulate that because I don't think they can articulate anything because the industry of college sports doesn't articulate anything. It's too dumb and stuck in the mud to be able to define anything. So, would the standard applied, applied, past tense now, to Florida State? That is, the standard applied to Florida State, who, unless you've been under a rock by now, you know, they went from being number three or four a good chunk of the way to being out of the fake playoff entirely. Would the same standard, think of this, would the same standard apply to Florida State? That is, you're not very good on offense, pretty bad on offense once you get to the third quarterback, but most teams probably are. Um, You're not very good on offense, because you're having to play your backup quarterback, your backup to the backup quarterback, you're in the ACC and your name is Florida State. Now, that's the standard applied here. Um, You mattered a long time ago. Would that standard, standard used that was applied to Florida State, would that standard be applied to Alabama or Texas? Let's say they played with their third-string quarterback. Let's say they obviously wouldn't look very... Heck, we know Texas doesn't look very good without their starting quarterback. We've seen it, you know, when they were almost losing. So would that same standard be applied to Alabama or Texas? I'd say no. That's what I say. No. I don't think that standard would have been applied. I don't. Um, So... They're in the ACC. They mattered a long time ago. Their offense sucks without their first two quarterbacks, which is true of anybody. So, no, I don't think that standard would apply to Texas. I don't think this committee of dorks would have applied the same standards, the same opinions to Texas and or Alabama or any blue blood. Football factory blue blood in the South. Let's make sure we're there's a distinction there because that's what matters most. Um, I don't think that standard would apply at all, and I think that's pretty obvious. Florida State won their conference championship game by 10 points with their third-string quarterback. But, Jeff, they beat Louisville. Yeah. Yeah. And Texas beat Oklahoma State. And they suck. (laughs) And they did it with their first quarterback, who was very good that day. So don't pretend the horrible defensive team that Texas lined up against in the Big 12 championship game was exactly the 49ers. Are you kidding me? It's not like Louisville and Oklahoma State are the 49ers. So I I don't believe for a second the same standard would have been applied to Texas and Alabama. Florida State wouldn't get blown out, by the way, to use the TCU standard here that I do think the committee also used. Florida State wouldn't get blown out by in the semifinal or the final, I don't think, because they, they've already beaten two 
SEC Blue Bloods this year, and they're really good on defense. They beat Florida and LSU. They're too good on defense to get blown out. But it doesn't matter. That's not what this committee was set out to do. This committee was set out to give ESPN the best show that it could, which means the biggest names that it could, and scoring the best they could. That's it. I wish they would just say that, but they're bureaucrats, so you're not going to get that answer. Um, it's a biased selection, I think. And doesn't it is what it is. It's not Alabama's fault necessarily. It's not Texas's fault necessarily. But it's a biased selection and a flawed system that only exists because the industry of college football, my opinion, answers to coaches, rich coaches, powerful coaches. It answers to, and I think this is a big problem with where this sport is, all the dumb things about the sport. It answers to this idiotic, outdated bowl system. That's one of the big problems here today. They should have blown this whole thing up a long time ago and, you know, done a real playoff, you know, like the NFL does with real teams and real winning. Whether you win 2-0 to zero or not, it doesn't matter. But I do think they're, again, in bed to this outdated bowl system, and they're in bed with the network that owns the sport. Probably not so smart for me to say that, but that's my opinion, and that's why you get Southern Blue Bloods. Because they matter to the network that owns the sport. And the network that owns the sports, you know what it doesn't want? It doesn't want another TCU to get rolled in the final. And if you're going to get rolled, at least it wants you to be a famous team that gets rolled. Um, here's the head of the committee telling ESPN, his name is Boo Corrigan. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that says a lot. No offense, Boo. Well, yeah, offense. Offense taken, Boo. Your name is Boo Corrigan. So, Boo Corrigan. Um, I don't like to say that too often. He's telling ESPN why they did what they did. You got Michigan, Washington, Texas off the board. So, in some instance, it came down to Alabama and Florida State. Why did you choose Alabama? Well, I, I think in looking at it, and again, that, that, that was the decision, was Alabama at four. Florida State is a different team than they were through the first 11 weeks. Uh, Coach Norvell, their players, their fans, you know, uh, an incredible season. But as you look at who they are as a team right now, uh, without Jordan Travis, without the offensive dynamic that he brings to it, they are a different team. And, and the committee voted uh, Alabama 4 and Florida State 5. Thanks, Boo. Boo. Well thought out. Um, okay. By the way, Boo, and I know this is not allowed because there's just a bunch of ass kissing. I'm sorry. This whole thing is this incestuous thing that's really nauseating. Um. Well, why in the heck did you have him number four right before the weekend, buddy? What's up with that? Why didn't you just like drop him two weeks ago? As soon as their quarterback is, is taken off the field with a broken leg, you should have just dropped him that Monday to use that logic. You had him all the way up at number four. They were ahead of, of Alabama before this weekend, and they won by double digits. Just saying. I mean... <laughs> Um, so why did they even have them there to begin with if we wanted to argue? And, and arguing, it's just getting old. I'm in the talk show business. I'm getting sick of arguing about this. Um, they didn't have their first two quarterbacks. 
You want to see what Alabama or anybody else would look like with their third guy who's just been standing around with a cap on all year, what they would look like? Alabama, I mean, if we're going to just do this thing, Alabama needed a a last-second play to beat Auburn, who's not very good. And Texas, they beat up in a bad Oklahoma State team. Louisville is better than Oklahoma State. And Florida State, with their third-string quarterback, beat them by 10. Um, The same standard, his logic... What he just said, I don't believe for a second, would have applied to Texas and Alabama. I don't. And I think it's pretty obvious. And I don't think most people care because I think in the end, what getting it right means is you made the, the football fanatics happy and you made ESPN happy. That's what they really wanted to do. Well, he should have just said it. All we wanted to do, bud, this is Boo talking here. All we wanted to do was give ESPN exactly what they want. That's a big names. And maybe some scoring. There. Um, imagine, I mean, just to, just to prove to you how silly that response was, imagine if the selection process had happened after Texas. Let's just back it up a little bit and say Texas was playing Kansas State in the Big 12 championship game, not a terrible Oklahoma State team. And they were playing them with their backup quarterback. You know, that's the Texas team with their backup quarterback that struggled against Houston was ridiculously lucky to beat Kansas State in Austin. Um, the same Texas team that struggled with a really bad TCU team. I mean, they would, would they have been left out? If the, if the same standard, if Texas had squeaked by like they did in those games, or Alabama, to use the same argument, squeaked by like it did against Auburn, and the committee was set to pick on a Saturday night or Sunday morning, Would they have been left out using the same standard? No, they would not have. No. This dude, Boo, would be talking about what good defense Alabama played or something like that or how Texas is resilient because they won with their backup. That's what he would be saying. So no, the same standards would not apply. No way. Texas would be in. The final four would look just like it does now. Like everything else was just window dressing. It was going to look this way with these names. Okay? With these names no matter what. And I'll take it even further. How ridiculous this system is. The group of dorks, I believe, are actually frustrated. ESPN2 probably is frustrated they had to include Washington. I think we all know what they really want. They don't want Washington. If they had their way, or ESPN had its way, the tournament, fake tournament, would be Michigan, Alabama, Ohio State, and Texas. That's what they really want. They don't even want Washington in there, and Washington is better than everybody else. Watch it, Texas. Watch out. That's what they really wanted. They wanted those blue chip names in a sport that is just married to blue chip names. It's not a sport that wants to settle a playoff or even have an underdog. It's a sport that wants to sell you and a bunch of casual fans around the country on big names because that's what they grew up with. So I don't I don't think Washington would have been included if they had their way, but they had to. You know, because they impressed the world by beating a really, really good Oregon team twice. That's what I think they wanted. They wanted Michigan, they wanted Alabama, they wanted Ohio State and Texas, or insert Georgia or somebody else. But that's what they wanted. Okay, overreaction. 
Texas didn't deserve to be the number three team in this goofball fake tournament. Uh, reality. I mean, yeah, sure it did. Meh. I mean, the reason the committee didn't want to... The reason they're there, my opinion again, unpopular as this is going to be, is they didn't really want to piss off Texas. And truthfully, Texas, you know, this would be brought up a thousand times. There are very few arguments made for Florida State. There would be five million arguments made for Texas, including threats. The argument would have been, hey, 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 what are you doing? We beat them in September at their place. You put us at number three. The committee wanted no part of that. It wanted to reward Texas for that because that stuff matters. And that's okay. I mean, in the system we have, I don't think that's necessarily wrong. Uh, to a lot of people, and I hear this a lot, was hearing it a lot leading up to the weekend, to a lot of people, the most impressive win of the entire season was Texas beating Alabama at Alabama. And Texas was good that day, and no doubt they deserved to win that game. I, I'm, we can argue this if you would like. You know what's more impressive than that? Washington beating a really good Oregon team twice. That's more impressive. They beat them twice. And that's really, if you were to have a real tournament, you would want no part of Oregon, and Washington thumped them twice. That's the most impressive wins of the season, in my opinion. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah given that, that Alabama and Texas were going to be included, and the, and the desire was to include them, and it's not, I'm not going to say it's a mandate. I'm not going to go black helicopter on you, but the desire was there. Okay, the, the, the SEC was not going to get left out, period, period. And even though the Big 12 is not very good, the name Texas was not going to get left out either. So if you're going to have them both and you had to have Texas there, Texas had to be ahead of Alabama. Texas was really good on Saturday against Oklahoma State, no doubt about it. It's been the best they've been all year. I'm um, talking about this number three spot for just a second. Can I give you a buzzkill? Texas was as good as they've been all year on Saturday against Oklahoma State. They were Quinn Ewers had, what, 350 in the first half. He's not been better at all this year. Um, that was his best outing. That was their best offensive outing. They looked as good as they possibly could at the most important time to look good. No doubt. That said, this is a bad matchup for Texas. In fact, the worst matchup of the fake tournament, I think, for Texas. Football is a game of matchups. I hate to nerd out on you for just a second. But the best offense of the four teams in this fake tournament with the best passing game of the four teams in the fake tournament is the worst draw for Texas, and that's Washington. You know, the team that just thumped Oregon a second time and lit them up in the process. Here's why I say that. Um, the Texas weakness is the back end of their defense. Okay, And it's shown itself a few times this year. It's also been hidden at times this year and covered up at times. And certainly was on Saturday because Oklahoma State just sucks. But... The back end of the Texas defense is a weak link. It is a problem. And they run the risk of getting torched. If Texas couldn't play decent pass defense against Oklahoma, they couldn't. Otherwise, we wouldn't even be having debates. They'd be undefeated. They couldn't stop the pass against Oklahoma. 
They struggled against the pass against Kansas State. They struggled against the pass against Houston and TCU. That's not exactly Washington. Washington is the best passing team in this fake tournament by far. By far. That can get exposed by Washington. That's why I would tell you that even at three, which is which they deserve, you know, given the context, given the mandate, you know, given everything that we everyone talks about, sure, they had to be third. That's fine. Being third sucks for them because they got the worst draw they could get, I think, that nobody thinks about. Nobody considers Washington. Most people haven't even watched them play. You just think, ah, oh, whatever. You should have watched them beat Oregon a second time. Overreaction. The San Francisco beatdown of Philadelphia was bad news for Dallas. Reality. That's wrong. And it's wrong in a few different ways. It was good news and most likely going to be good news for Dallas in their playoff seating, I think. It was good news for Dak Prescott and his agent. That I know. And it was expensive news for Jerry Jones. And let me explain. Um, 42-19 ass kicking at home by San Francisco. Philly now has to come to Dallas with two losses. They play the hottest team in the NFL and a team with the best home record in the NFL, a team that is absolutely on fire in every way in their own building. I'm not ready to say the MVP is at stake, Philadelphia v. Dallas in Dallas, but Dak Prescott was a close second to Jalen Hurts before this weekend. Jalen Hurts was the MVP favorite going into the weekend, and not now. Dak Prescott got a, went a long way by not playing this Sunday to staking a claim to be in the MVP. And he gets a real chance on Sunday in Dallas. That is a bad draw for Philadelphia at this time, I think. It's a really good draw and a really good time for Dallas at this time. And I think it's a really good draw and a really good time for Dak Prescott if he wants to be the MVP. By the way, the 49ers now have beaten Philadelphia and Dallas by a combined score of 84 to 29. They're 9 and 0. If anyone wants to pay attention what happens when you get a few star players injured, they're 9 and 0 when Trent Williams are left tackle and Debo Samuel play. Those guys matter obviously. But here's the deal for here's the weird take on Dallas Philadelphia. And that's this. This is one of the reasons why I think the window is about to slam shut on Dallas. So let's just say Dak Prescott's likely going to be in the top two when this is done. It's, it, it's going to come down to Jalen Hurts, and, and I think Sunday losing to Dallas could be elimination game for him as the MVP. Dak Prescott, Brock Purdy, and maybe Tyreek Hill. But it may be Dak Prescott and Brock Purdy down the stretch for the MVP. You do know he has to get a new contract next year. He's about to get even more expensive if he puts that MVP away. He's about to get even more expensive. Whether you think he deserves it or not, that's life in the NFL. It's all about timing, and his timing right now is perfect. They're on a roll at the perfect time, and he's never played better at the perfect time, and he might just win the MVP because of the next few weeks. That makes him really expensive next year. That means he's expensive, CeeDee Lamb is expensive, and a few other guys are going to gobble up the entire salary and the window shuts on Dallas. That's, that's what they're faced with. So you better make a nice run now because the economics of football and the economics of successful quarterbacks will shut the door on 
any kind of future for the Cowboys. Just the way it works. It's just the way it works. And his timing is going to be perfect to get paid again. So, can Dallas get a, a top seed? I, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, the, the Eagles losing, getting their face kicked in by the 49ers takes them one of two directions. It makes them really tired and Dallas exposes them, or they wake up and get mad and Dallas doesn't expose them. It also decides the MVP, and I think the MVP, in a weird way, decides the financial future for the next two to three years of the Cowboys. He wins the MVP. He gets paid. Micah Parsons gets paid, and there's not any money left for anybody else. Jeff Ward, weekdays on 102.7 ESPN. Jeff Ward Show podcast, or the aliens are going to come and get you. On 102.7 ESPN. Now back to the Jeff Ward Show. Shut up, smoker voice, and let the kids talk. You know what hasn't happened? Uh, I realize that 99 point, uh, I don't know, 0.75% of you have been in Austin like less than six or eight years or so. And so that leaves four of us. There were once five of us that have been here more than 25 years. Uh, One of them left. He's in Costa Rica, I think. So here's something you never hear. You know what's not happened in decades? There's always a story, always a ranking. You know, we're the top of you. For a long time, they're top of every single list, right? And people that, the four of us that have lived here a long time, would always go, oh, no, no, another list. Oh, boy, here they come. More people, more people, more people. Always one of these lists. And a lot of them were pretty admirable. Best place to start a business, best place for startups, you know, stuff that really matters. So these lists have been out there forever. And every story from every story about South by Southwest, ACL Music Fest, you know, blah, blah, blah. Every story is positive. It's like a PR piece to encourage people to move here. I mean, I would say... I don't know how you would do this. Um, It would be interesting at one point or another asking people that have moved to Austin why they moved here. And I'll bet you more times than not, it's something like, well, I was there to see a band one weekend, thought it was cool, or I went to ACL and I thought I'd stay, or went to a race and thought I would stay, something like that, right? This is one of the first times in a long time the story has been even remotely negative. As in, you know, I told you I figured this out. Um, The topic of the day politically in Austin for decades has been what to do about cost of living. I think 20 years ago I said, I think I know. Have less demand. Goodbye, everyone. And then they'd hear another day, well, what if, what if? And I kept saying, there's no what if. What are you going to do about demand? See, quirky little thing. You know, there's this supply and demand thing that never seems to get it wrong. Demand is high. Guess what? Gets expensive. So I said, one day, one day when demand goes down, you're going to be shocked. It's going to be less expensive. This is now the second story in that I've read in less national story in less than five days saying, well, it looks as if the tipping point is here and people are starting to leave. This is CNBC 
Some reporter standing next to a Mopac, I think. Well, after years of new arrivals, one major city in Texas is seeing the return to office trend hit reverse. Our Jane Wells is live on the scene with that story. Hi, Jane. Uh, hi, Sarah. You know, Keep Austin Weird is becoming Keep Austin Crowded, especially during the pandemic as Californians moved to Texas in droves for a variety of reasons. The most famous one being, of course, Elon Musk, who was here yesterday uh, delivering the first cyber trucks at the Gigafactory. Musk left California two years ago in a huff. Yet, when he opened a new Tesla global engineering hub this year, it was back in California. Is this the beginning of a trend? Well, look, Redfin reports that for the first time, more people are leaving Austin than arriving, and the median home price is down 3%, though still not cheap. Some of this is due to return to work mandates, but we are hearing anecdotally that a few people actually miss California despite the taxes. The head of the Austin Technology Council think that may be because they came during COVID and didn't put down roots many people came and, and we were on lockdown that they didn't make friends. If you moved to town and were living in your apartment for a year, it was really hard to sort of connect. Okay, let's be clear. There are still more people moving from California to Texas than the other way around. But the Census now says, Census Bureau has new data that says that gap is narrowing. And last year, California welcomed more Texans than any newcomers from any other state. But as I'm trying to watch these return to work trends and from analyst reports, my favorite tidbit comes from T.D. Cowan, which is looking at open table reservations data. And look at this, quote, at the end of the third quarter, states such as California, New York, and North Carolina continued to remain above 2019 levels, while demand in Texas and Florida appears to be cooling from 22 highs. Uh, guys, make of that what you will. Okay. Sure. Get right on that. Look, I, I'll make something of it. I'm not quite sure what that... I don't know if she's following Elon Musk or whatever. Um... Yeah, there, I've wondered, like a lot of people, not a lot of people, three of us, have wondered for a long time, like what, what there is a magical spot. There is a, there's a tipping point that says, okay, forget it. It's not the cheapest. I'm going to find somewhere else. It was, it was just going to happen. I mean, I, all this other stuff, uh, I, I'm not quite sure I completely buy. So there's a point at which this is both good and bad, I think. Bad is this that the only people that are going to be here are just going to be rich. It's like a big Aspen, right? It's a big, it's a hot version of Aspen. And so to the average person, the 35 year old who says, well, I went, I went there because it was, I wanted to be there because I could afford it. Now I can't move it on somewhere else, Nashville, wherever else. Um, so it's the, the bigger point is for the first time, if you were to just, Study the PR of stories about Austin over at least a decade or two. I think the real takeaway is, for the first time, the publicity is even somewhat negative. I mean, it's not even that negative, but it's better than glowing praise. And I say better is that it will discourage people from coming or saying, okay, I'm out now. It's, it's, it's no longer cheaper. And you knew this was going to happen. All these years, it's just been so comical to me. All these discussions, all these, you know, hand-wringing about, I'm going to come up with a policy that's going to fix cost of living. And what's going to fix cost of living is fewer people coming. There. Done. I suspect that's probably getting closer and closer. The fact that CNBC 
would even, for the first time, like I said, in two decades, would even have a slightly negative, hey, maybe it's not quite what everyone thought, or maybe they're moving somewhere else, or maybe there's even a maybe about Austin. That's a first. First time in a long time. Um, Should you be offended by it? No, not at all. Uh, Actually, I think you should probably welcome it. I've said, maintained for a long time, that if you really, really wanted to uh, put a dent in you know, number of people moving here, driving up the cost, just start planning bad stories. Well, I think it's sort of happened now. I think it's kind of funny that it coincides with Elon Musk. I just, I think just grouping the two together is kind of, you know, Austin's own Elon Musk. You know, Elon Musk of Circle C, went to Bowie High School, that Elon Musk, right? Um, I think that's kind of interesting that they're here to report on him at the same time for the first time in two decades. Somebody's out there standing next to Moback saying, you know, for the first time in a long time, people are leaving. Jeff Ward, weekdays on 102.7 ESPN. Pass the ball to the Jeff Ward Show. On 102.7 ESPN. Now back to the Jeff Ward Show. All right, let's check out some of the comments on Twitter or X or whatever we're calling it this week. Uh, here we go at Jeff Ward Show. Overreaction, a 12-team playoff fix everything. Reality, it makes the selection even harder and more open to BS. Uh, yeah, yes, probably. I, I think I did 20 minutes on this recently. Um, this is really not hard. It, n- none of it's hard. College football makes everything hard because it's it's antiquated. It's uh, it's stuck in the past. It's run by old white coaches. It's um, it's still in bed with the bowl system. It's got everything wrong with it. It has no leadership. The playoff wouldn't be difficult at all. All these conferences, these five conferences that are divided up into two halves, each winner of each half goes into a playoff. You run it just like the NFL playoffs. Exactly. There. Problem solved. It's 16-team playoff. There are no opinions, no feelings, nothing. You don't need a committee. You know the NFL doesn't have to have a committee to select the playoffs. It just happens. You win X, you get X. Okay. There. Settled. So I tend to agree that the 12-team thing only makes... The conversation slightly more broad, but not by much. No, no. I, I mean, no. It's still it's still going to include opinions, and it's it's going to be awful. Not as awful as this, but pretty awful. At Jeff Ward show, you didn't explicitly say it, but I think you alluded to had Georgia won the SEC, Texas would be in at number four. I'm curious in this scenario if they would have put Florida State at number four. We will never know. No, no. Texas would have been in. Yeah. Look, here, here are two absolutes going into it. Um, the SEC was not going to get shut out. Period. And Texas was not going to get left out. If it came down to Texas and Oklahoma and Florida State... And the Saturdays looking the way the Saturdays looked, Texas blew out a bad Oklahoma State team. Florida State looked, what they have, 55 yards passing, looked like it was football in 1975, and they won by double digits. That was enough to seal the deal. I'm not even sure had they won by 20, Florida State would have been in. Yes, Texas would have taken that four spot. 
Texas would have taken the four spot. And you're going to laugh at me when I tell you this. Four would have been a better draw for Texas than three. Four, you would have drawn Georgia. Laugh again, laugh all you want. Georgia can't light you up in the passing game like Washington can. So, yeah, I think Texas would have gotten in above Florida State. Yes. At Jeff Ward Show, Philly has a head-to-head tiebreaker over Dallas based on NFC record because the Cowboys lost to Arizona. So Philly would have to lose to Dallas and drop one more while Dallas goes unbeaten to lose a division title. Um, Yeah, no, I get that. Uh, Can Dallas run the table? Uh, No, uh, I, I don't think so. But I don't think it's outrageous. I think they beat Philadelphia in Dallas. I don't know of anyone that beats Dallas in Dallas right now the way they're playing. Don't. My takeaway from the weekend is it makes Dak Prescott a more likely MVP, which makes him more expensive next year, which makes the Cowboys worse in two years. At Jeff Ward Show. Conspiracy. Donald Trump helped Greg Abbott to lobby the CFP panel to choose UT over UGA in order to stick it to Ron DeSanctimonious. Sure. And, you know, I don't, I mean, I, I like it. Um, one, I don't think Trump needs to stick it to Ron DeSanctimonious. I think Ron's pretty much done himself in anyway because he's Ron. He's the most easily to dislike person this side of Ted Cruz. That's what's done Ron in. But I, uh, I'm, I'm all for conspiracy theories. Look, had Texas, had the hint even been floated that Texas would be left out, you have no idea what kind of pressure would have been exerted. What happened to Florida State would not have happened to Texas. They wouldn't. I don't think you needed, a, I don't think you needed Trump to get involved nor Greg Abbott, although they would have threatened, not Trump. But it, it was the conspiracy was already there. And the conspiracy was this. It's more, I'll tell you this, it's more ESPN and the committee than it is Trump, Abbott, and the committee. ESPN didn't want TCU 2.0. And if it's going to be TCU 2.0, it needs to be an even bigger name. The The Big 12, I mean, the Big 12's not very good. I mean, it's not... I mean, if you're going to do this resume thing, it's, it's ridiculous. The resume of the Big 12 is not very good. If... If it were Oklahoma State instead of Texas, they would not be in the tournament. I'm not sure Oklahoma would be in the tournament. Right? If Oklahoma had done everything Texas had done and just won the Big 12 championship, 49 to whatever, I don't think they'd be in. I think Florida State might be in. The fact that it is a blue blood, the bluest of blue bloods, Texas, I think it mattered. The name mattered. So yeah, I think they I think they would I think they were set to get in over Florida State. I think most people like it, you know? I mean, it's if you try to break it down, you're going to find a hard time arguing that a team that won their league and was undefeated got left out. No. But I think just in sheer entertainment value, I think people are a lot of people are fine with it. And that's all that committee really cared about. At Jeff Ward Show. I'm reading on social media that Florida State can still get into the playoff if Mike Pence will just do the proper and patriotic thing by not certifying the CFP committee selections. Yeah. Sure. 
At Jeff Ward's show, you beat me to it. I also think several Georgia players headed to the NFL will not play in a bowl game. Nobody any good should play in a bowl game. Nobody should play in a bowl game, period. They're dumb. They're dumb. They really are. Um, no, no no good players with any sort of NFL future. The, the big story of the day is that Caleb Williams at USC, which I said weeks ago he should have shut it down then, is not going to play in whatever bowl game USC is playing. And of course he shouldn't. Of course. Um, anybody that, that's going to be taken in the first two rounds shouldn't play in a bowl game. You shouldn't. I mean, it's uh, it's basically exhibition football for all the wrong reasons. And, you know, my hope is that enough good players stay out of these bowl games that it makes them even more unwatchable than they already are, and they go away. They need to go away. But they're in bed with the antiquated industry of college football, so I'm not sure they're going away anytime soon. But good players not playing in games will make these games unwatchable. You're going to be watching a bunch of guys that are second and third string. And I don't know that that's necessarily a bad thing. I really don't. Here goes... I don't know if this is a cool tie-in. So Texas wins the Big 12, and in the process, Quinn Ewers is the MVP of the Big 12 championship game, which is kind of a no-brainer. Uh, what do you have, 350 in the first half, okay? Um, he is, they're like, uh, they're like pinball numbers. He's having such a good game. He wins the MVP of the Big 12, which is actually a WWE MVP belt because the Big 12 has a tie-in with WWE. Is this the Undertaker? Am I getting that right? Or is the, the under is the Undertaker? Is that right, Isaac? Okay, I don't know my wrestling. Yeah, I'm sorry. I hate to break it to you. I haven't seen wrestling since uh, Chief Wahoo McDaniel back in the, like the '80s or something. The only ones important are the Undertaker and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Okay. That's it. That's all you need. But they're old school, right? Oh, that's very yeah, old yeah. school. I thought oh, these guys yeah. were um, okay. Well, whatever reason he's there and. <sighs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it's so bad it's cool or it's just bad. I, I don't know. I've gone back and forth. I, I don't watch post-game celebrations in the moment, but I did see it online. I said, what's that? What, what's going on right now? Why is Quinn Ewers with that guy who looks like a wrestler? Sure enough, he's Undertaker, right? Oh, and his trophy is a WWE belt. I think I might think that's cool or it's really terrible by WWE superstar The Undertaker to present the Big 12 WWE Championship belt to the Big 12 Football Championship most outstanding player from Texas. Who else but Quinn Ewers? Hit him in the chair. Hit him in the chair. Quinn, where are you going to put that thing? Man, I have no idea. I'll figure that out later. I'm going to celebrate with these guys. I'm so proud of the way these guys come to work every single day, man. We want this more than anybody. Over 450 yards passing for you today. What can this offense and this team as a whole accomplish looking forward to the postseason? Yeah, the way we come to work every single day, you know, my job is really just to get the ball to the playmakers and let them do the rest. And I think we, we showed how we, we play in championship games. So I know it's going to be hard for that committee to choose against us. Yeah, well, not that hard. 
Well, that was kind of like a wrestling response, man. He's yelling and stuff like that. Uh, wow. They needed it. Like, you gotta, if you're going to do a tie-in, you got to do it better than that. We, we need some stuff going on. We need some dudes getting hit with chairs. Um, I know he's past his, the Undertaker's past his prime, but you know, if you're going to have this tie-in, you got to do it right. I mean, I think there needs to be some stuff going on. If I were WWE and they're not, they're not afraid of this, um, they need like a little exhibition or something like that. Like, I don't know, get some midfield fighting, midfield chairs. I don't I, I actually think it's kind of funny and cute in some weird way. I mean, it's, yeah, it's better than the standard promotion, right? It's better than the old school Dr. Pepper stuff, um, which they screwed that up too, by the way. They had two winners of the $100,000 prize. Um, and I don't know how that happened. I, I do... F- I do want to say this. You don't know this, and I never want to uh, spend much time on it. I do have the history. I was part of creating the thing. Yep. I was part of I was part of it, and then I corrected them and said, you got to try something else, and sure enough, they ended up doing it. This is Dr. Pepper. I was a part of with this first promotion they did, like this, this halftime stuff. And it went horribly wrong. And so they fixed it, and the rest has been history until it went wrong again, apparently, this Saturday when, I don't know how they screwed up the math. I mean, it's not that hard to see if the ball goes in that big can or not. But apparently they screwed up the math, and two people ended up winning. They said two people ended up winning. So uh, either way, WWE is a cool, I think it works better. I kind of, I'm, I'm, the belt is kind of growing on me, you know? It's different. He handled it well. He did some yelling himself. So, I don't know. I kind of like it. I, I, I just think they need to do more of it. Make sure you check out the Jeff Ward Show podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.